Welcome to the Benson and Those Guys program presented by Town & Country Pest Solutions. We talk sports the way you would on a Sunday morning, clean without any inappropriate sensationalism and highlighting the stories and people of faith. You can visit our website, btgprogram.com, or find us on Twitter, at btgprogram. This is our final podcast-only episode as we continue to get used to our new recording facility as we prepare ourselves for next week's debut on a new home station in the Rochester area. Beginning next Saturday morning, January 10th, you can hear us at 9 a.m. on 105.5 The Team. And we're excited about the switch and joining the team in their CBS Sports Radio Network. In addition to 105.5 FM, you can also find the team on AM on both 1310 out of Canandaigua and 1590 out of Brockport. The guys are all here, Pastor Shane, the Moron Twins, Zach and the Unreasonable One. (laughs) The new year has begun, fellas, and I was reading a recent edition of Sports Illustrated. I found several sports stories that I missed, we missed during the 2014 calendar year. Meta World Peace. The former one-time Ron Artest announced he's changing his name once again in preparation to play basketball in China this season. This is going to be good. This time changing his name to The Panda's Friend. (laughs) (laughs) The Panda's Friend. But earlier this week he tweeted, by the way, still using the name Meta World Peace, that he was changing his name for two days to Meta Minaj in respect to female rapper Nicki Minaj for referencing him in one of her songs. Only for two days. I don't know what happened to the panda's friend. That, I guess, never really materialized. How easy is this process to change your name if he's willing to do it for two days? Apparently it's like underwear. <laughs> for for at least Ron Artest it is. I want to know if his name is the panda's friend, what it's going to say on the back of his jerseys. Just friend? <laughs> That's a good point. I don't think. Ron Artest, Metal World Peace, whoever he wants to be called now. I don't think he thinks that far ahead either. He's just, I want to know what's going through his head. This is the same guy that, didn't he thank his therapist after they won the NBA championship a few years ago? If he didn't, he needed to. No, I'm pretty sure he did. It's fantastic. Did you guys see this one? On the 14th hole during the second round of the tour championship, Rory McIlroy hit a tee shot that landed in the pocket of a spectator's shorts. How did I not see that? Just gotta play it where it lies. It had to be awesome. (laughs) A spectator was ejected from Madison Square Garden for allegedly hitting another spectator with his prosthetic leg. (laughs) During the the Olympics in Sochi, Sochi, Russia, visitors to the Canadian team headquarters could stand their Canadian passport to unlock a refrigerator that held Molson brand beer. I saw that story. Did you before. see that? I, yeah. I didn't see that. By the way, do you guys ever say refrigerator? What do you call it? Is it a refrigerator? I think I say refrigerator now that I think about yeah, it. Yeah, I, I get rebuked. My daughter is studying uh, communication sciences and disorders, which I know as speech therapy. But she always gets on my case. She tells me that it's either refrigerator or fridge, but never refrigerator. Yeah, I say fridge. Refrigerator sounds a little weird, I think. I say fridge. All right. Well, that's that's scaring me because I'm with Darren. He's, yeah, <laughs> that, that explains a lot. I'm sitting here thinking about it. I, I say fridge every now and again. I think most of the time I say refrigerator. If you could say a name that's only one syllable, why wouldn't you just use the one syllable name? I don't know. It's just a <laughs> habit, I guess. But I've I've been properly rebuked a number of times. 
Did you see this one? A, pl- a player on the Broncos practice squad by the name of John Boyette allegedly headbutted a cab driver, stole a shovel from a construction site, and then j- tried to hide from police by burying himself in mulch. <laughs> Possibly Mr. Boyette found where the Canadians store their refrigerator. <laughs> or he hung out with Ron Artest too much. One of the two. Hey, it's bad enough to lose to a rival, but one of the great rivalries in sports is Florida-Florida State. No matter what it is, it could probably be ping-pong, and Florida-Florida State probably is pretty heated. In-state bragging rights, you got the SEC versus the ACC. But how mad, how bad must it feel, not only when you lose to your rival, but when you score an own goal at the buzzer <laughs> that helps give them the win? <laughs> That's what happened to poor Jacob Kurtz and the Florida Gators this past week in a game that was it was tied at 63. Florida State brings it up the court, puts up a desperation shot from the corner that it's got air ball written all over it. Kurtz accidentally tipped the ball into the wrong <laughs> hoop, somehow giving the Seminoles their first big win of the year. What a way to go down! Wrong. <laughs> yeah, I, how bad do you got to feel for this guy? I. I've seen someone shoot at the wrong basket before, and, you know, you can't really feel bad for that because that's just stupidity. But you're just trying to grab a ball, and it just tips in. Exactly right. He's going up for a rebound. That's all that happened. You know, he goes up for the rebound. It ended up going in. But even it's so. It's unlucky, man. It's, it's unlucky. You lose a game, but worse, you lose to your rival. <laughs> and talking about tough losses, what a finish to the Cotton Bowl this year. Number eight, Michigan State trailing 41-21 going into the fourth quarter. Came all the way back to shock number five, Baylor, 42-41. That game was great. What a great game. They got the winning touchdown after they blocked a Baylor 43-yard field goal attempt with 105 left. Which, by the way, one of the most fiercest looking (laughs) blocks I've seen in a while (laughs) was was put on uh, Baylor kicker Chris Callahan. He had a sense of humor about it. Uh, maybe you saw the the tweets uh, as he joked about it afterwards. My mom said I would never get hit. <laughs> he got leveled. I liked his tweet that said he was still alive. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I it, thought he was dead. You see him go down, and he kind of sits up and just lays back down. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was the yeah. I I could sit up. I could sit up. No, I'm going down for a nap. I'm just gonna go down for a minute. That was. Easily one of the most vicious hits I've ever seen. He, it was awful. He even skidded across the AstroTurf. <laughs> Nobody skids across AstroTurf. That, that looked pretty fierce. In my opinion, though, he wins that whole situation because, I mean, everyone saw it. It's going to be, it's going to be, uh, nationwide in minutes. Just joke about it and own it, man, which he did. And now he's one of my favorite punters ever who I never would have known his name otherwise. Punters must have a great sense of humor. Remember the punter, uh, from the Cleveland Browns did something similar to that. Got drop kicked by Antonio Yeah, I don't remember what he did, but I remember it being funny. I guess if you're a punter, you got to have a sense of humor. (laughs) Well, a kicker in general in football, everyone makes fun of you, so just roll with it. I like what Baylor has going on, though. My favorite magazine, you all know, Sports Spectrum, they did a really nice piece on their head coach, Art Bryles. The article says that Bryles considers his most important preparation work to be the work, the, the weekly Thursday morning coach's Bible study. He and about 20 coaches gathered together in the Baylor Athletic, uh, with Baylor Athletic Chaplain Wes Yearly. Uh, Coach Bryle sets the time for the Bible study to be right before the staff meeting, knowing that everybody's going to be around. And uh, just a, uh, he's got a book out, Beating Goliath. It says, I praise God for all 
blessings in my life. The article goes on, it describes a little bit about um, his parents and his aunt being tragically killed in a car accident. Wade and his wife was originally going to be in that car. Uh, they were on the way to see him play back in 1976 uh, while he was at the University of Houston in the Cotton Bowl. He was on his way to, they were, they were on their way to see him play in the Cotton Bowl. So I can't imagine hmm. the emotions Bryles felt this week in losing the Cotton Bowl, but he, he's a strong man of faith. I'm sure he positively reflect, uh, reflected Christ to all who were around him, but I like that Baylor team. The SEC, you guys think they're losing a step? They're getting a lot of heat, uh, not having the postseason that particular, they're particularly used to having. Auburn went down to Wisconsin, Mississippi State, Ole Miss, LSU, all losing. The biggest of them all, Alabama going down to Ohio State. Some of the biggest names in SEC football losing their postseason bowl games. But it was bound to happen one of these years, right? They yeah. send so many teams that sooner or later you're going to have an off year where you're going to have some losses. But talk of uh, in the day since that the SEC was no is no longer the top conference that I think is a little bit premature. Wouldn't you agree? The idea that the Big Ten, I've heard this, is somehow the now the top dog is football conferences. That's just absurd. It's classic overreaction in sports. It's what have you done for me lately? And this year the SEC had a slightly down year, so everyone's jumping off the bandwagon. Now, no doubt it's been a good year for the Big Ten, getting Jim Harbaugh to Michigan, the launch of the Big Ten net, uh, network coming up. Uh, it's all good timing for the Big Ten to be on the upswing. But I think it's good for college football that the Big Ten is strong. But just because the SEC lost some games and maybe perhaps have maybe come back to the pack a little bit, it's still the power conference of football. If you took those losses, let's say Auburn, Wisconsin, you play that game seven times, I contend that Auburn's going to win the series. You play it seven times, they're going to win four, four of them. Same thing for LSU, Notre Dame. Same thing for Mississippi State, Georgia Tech. Same thing for Alabama, Ohio State. You give them a series, I know you can't do that in football, we're just hypothetically, you give them a series, Alabama's going to beat Ohio State. But they didn't. In a, in one game, they didn't. I realize we'll never know, but what is it that we dislike about a winner? The SEC's been dominant for a while. People dislike that. Now they're just all all over sports radio, all over the networks, talking about the demise of the SEC. The Yankees have 27 championships, and Shane hates when we talk about them. It's unreasonable. I was told this week that they only have 26 because 2009 is tainted. Shane from Pittsburgh, would you agree? Absolutely. Come back to me, by the way, in football, when another conference has as many, I guess as many consecutive strong seasons as the SEC has enjoyed here recently, that's when you can start talking about something. Because one year does not make a no. a tremendous conference. You're not all of a sudden the champions because – you won more than the SEC did all year long. They had tons of teams in the in in, in the top ten. Well, can you can you imagine if football had a tournament like basketball for for a minute here? The SEC teams would would dominate. You know the number of teams in that in that tournament, and it would be like that every year. Like they are the best conference in football. There's no question about it. Just because they got beat by a few teams this year. I'm not. I'm not going to jump off that bandwagon. If I'm a high schooler, I'm getting recruited heavily. I'm thinking one of my best chances to play in the NFL 
going to the SEC is widely considered some of the best football by, by everyone. I would still go there. Yeah, I, I think they've come back to the pack a little bit, but uh, let's stop with the SEC is dead talk. Which, by the way, the playoff series has been great. It's awesome. It, the ratings for both games, I think, was a 15, which is through the roof. If you can have four teams in a playoff series like we do this year, why can't you have eight? I, I would like eight better. Is it really that difficult? You can't figure out how to get eight teams. It's not like it wouldn't make a ton of money. I mean, for a number of people, right? The, yeah. the networks would do well, college football, the teams, everybody would do well. And here's my contention, that with a team like TCU and, and even Baylor, you have teams that really have a legitimate claim. I mean, they have a claim to number one. They should be able to play for it. They're, you could see them beating a number one team. Didn't TCU just beat the number nine team in the nation by like 40 points or whatever it was? Oh, they, game? they beat Ole Miss. They hung 42 points on them. Oh. Ole Miss was the number one defense in the nation. Oh. 42 points in the number one defense. Yeah, if, you can't tell me they don't. That TCU doesn't deserve. And that's my point. If you're if you're five and six, which I think they were, TCU five, Baylor six, you got to you're not going to favor them in a game against say Alabama or Ohio State. You're, they're going to go in as the underdog, but they got a legitimate chance at winning that by taking eight. You're taking everybody that really has a shot at it. Yeah. Number nine really doesn't have a shot. The ninth ranked team this year was, uh, in this case, turned out to be Ole Miss, ranked in the top four during parts of the season, but lost four out of five, or their final six dropped way back. Ole Miss really, as TCU proved, has no claim to number one. Conversely, you take number eight, who should be in, was Michigan State who's only two losses this this season, Ohio State and Oregon. Mm-hmm. You can see Michigan yeah. State making a run I for it. I think eight would be a very good number. And it's football, too. You you can't tell me that Oregon's going to go out there and roll over um, Florida State every single time like they did the other night. I, I, lo- I would love to see eight because all eight of them will have a legitimate shot of winning the national championship. And then it's not decided by a bunch of crotchety old dudes in a room like, oh, who's going to be number one and two this year and is going to play for the national championship? Now, eight schools who deserve a shot would have a, have a chance at it. I like that a lot better than four. I'm yeah. glad they went to four. I'd like to see it at eight. What I was surprised about, like, I, I, and I don't follow college football that much, is that they were still called bowl games as well. So, you know, they were still playing bowl games, but it was in the in the midst of the playoffs. I don't see why eight adding eight teams, that, if anything, will just make things a lot more exciting. Well, Rotate it through the bowls. Yeah, yep. There's, there's what, 312 bowl games? I mean, they gotta find a way to be able to just make all those eight teams playing bowl games every time. That shouldn't be a problem. Shouldn't be a problem at all. When we come back after the break, we're gonna talk about more stuff, I think. Stuff, guys? You wanna talk about stuff? Well, stuff is good. Stuff. You're listening to Vents and Those Guys, presented by Town and Country Pet Solutions. McAfee's Remodeling is a full-service home remodeling company, locally owned and operated for nearly two decades. McAfee's team of professionals can help remodel or replace your windows for interior and exterior remodels. No one beats their personal and professional service. Call McAfee's Remodeling at 585-402-1070, 585-402-1070, or visit them at www.mcafeeremodeling.com. The American dream is of a better future. 
a confident retirement. Those dreams have taken a beating lately. As an Ameriprise financial advisor, Nathan R. Wegman is dedicated to helping you keep your dreams alive by listening, planning, working with you one-on-one so you can retire your way with confidence. Call Nathan R. Wegman, financial advisor today at 585-272-0080. Office is located at 2024 West Henrietta Road, Building 3E, Rochester, New York, 14623. Ameriprise Financial Services Incorporated, member FINRA and SIPC. Ameriprise Financial cannot guarantee future financial results. Title sponsor of Benson and those guys is Town & Country Pest Solutions. Serving Rochester for over 25 years, Town & Country Pest Solutions team of knowledgeable professionals can make your pest problem a thing of the past. Alligators, ants, bedbugs, snakes, yellow jackets. Town & Country Pest Solutions does it all. Take back your home and put your mind at ease. Call Town & Country today at 426-5024. That's 426-5024. Or visit them online at townandcountrysolutions.com. Town & Country Pest Solutions, fearing nothing. Nothing but God. Get back in the seventies now. Now you're into my wheelhouse. <laughs> Welcome back to Benson and those guys. We had to start talking. I was enjoying this. Program is brought to you by Town and Country <laughs> Pest Solutions. We've been talking a lot of college football, of course, at this time of year. Did you guys see the Texas A&M assistant coach Michael Richardson take two different cheap shots at two different West Virginia players during the Liberty Bowl this past week? I want to take a cheap shot at him. That is just such a stupid move. I mean, you're an idiot. Well, as you might expect. He's no longer part of the uh, Texas A&M program. Head coach Kevin Sumlin announced the decision on Tuesday, saying, I am extremely disappointed and embarrassed as his behavior reflected poorly on our program. Richardson, what happened was he threw an elbow at one player when he was pushed out of bounds. Later, and, and both of these occurred in the first half. Later in the half, he threw a punch at the back of the head. It wasn't a close fist punch, but it was, a, you know, give him a good shot all the same at the back of the head of another player as he backpedaled out of the out of bounds. And you, and you got to wonder, what are you thinking? That's a great question, Darren. And I credit Coach Sumlin for responding swiftly to the incident. In fact, uh, he said at halftime, once he found out about it, he informed Richardson that he need not come out of the locker room for the second half. You, you can just wait and hear. Uh, and I feel bad. This guy, Richardson, he played linebacker for the Aggies in uh, 2012. Broke his neck during a game. He's been a student assistant ever since. To be fair, he has issued an apology on Twitter. But, man, this is one of those things that, what a stupid thing. And here you are. You had a pretty good gig going, and you do something stupid. It just goes to show you that one stupid decision can affect a lot of your life, man. Just one decision can mess things up. Yeah, uh, in everyday life. It doesn't happen just on the football field that happens in all aspects of our life it happens in our ministries people just go and they do something stupid and the repercussions and here's this poor young man who was probably loving being there i'm I'm sure otherwise he wouldn't have been there uh unfortunate accident he's not able to play anymore he's still part of the team man i'm sure that he's not like that 
in all aspects of life. Like he's probably just got amped up. He's a football I'm sure. player. But that doesn't mean you're not an idiot, though. That was a very, if you make an idiotic move, that means you're an idiot. You the, can't hit people coming out of bounds when you're one of the coaches, the man. The video goes viral. Now, everybody probably thinks poorly of this young man. I'm sure he's a fine person. It just, in the moment, Pastor Shane, you were going to say something. Yeah, it, it, it seemed to me as though, you know, just knowing the backstory, he's living in the moment like he's a player still. And, and you're not. You, you can't be doing that stuff mm-hmm. when, when you're a coach uh, on the sidelines, it's just, you know, step back and be an adult about it. He, he was doing it like he was a college football player. And like Zach said, when we were at break, it's not even like he was, you know, hitting someone that fell down behind the play and the cameras aren't on him. This is the ball carrier, man. Like, all the cameras are going to be on him. Everyone is going to see you. Like, he's clearly not thinking. Speaking of, we're talking a lot of college football again. You know, the bowl game's going on. We're in between the playoff series and the championship game coming up but right after florida state got annihilated by oregon did you did you hear the clip from Jameis winston shane do you have that can you bring that up you know but i mean we played our tails off too man uh this game could have went either either way if you want to be if, if you if everybody in this room just want to be real with themselves, this game could have went either way we turned the ball over a lot you know we beat ourselves just be real with yourself right now. We beat ourselves. I'm waiting to be impressed. <laughs> uh, I'm pretty sure I'm being real with myself, but what <laughs> game were you watching? You lost by 40. Yeah, you didn't beat yourself. You got whooped. <laughs> what game were you watching? When I think of a game that could have gone either way, I'm thinking it's fairly close. Maybe, you know, if we got a first down here, we could have got a field goal, pulled out the victory. But this was not even close. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, there, there was nothing graceful about that loss last night. You, you got hammered. The, the, the least he could have done, which is Jameis Winston, so I'm not surprised he didn't do this, take the high road, man. Be be gracious in your defeat at the end of that game. You, what did he turn the ball over? Twice he threw a pick and fumbled, didn't he? Was that a fumble? I don't know what that would have been classified. <laughs> he just threw it backwards yeah. for some reason? Okay. So that was like you, good luck. You throw it over yeah, your shoulder. He surprised that ref. That ref even <laughs> went down over that. By the way, did you see? Did you see the the uh, the Odell Beckham thing? It got thrown into the Jameis Winston thing. Oh yeah, that was a guy from Jameis where he's yeah. catching that. But anyway, you turned the ball over twice, Jameis. Like you're a big reason that you guys lost the game. You turned it over twice yourself. So take blame for it. You're the quarterback. You're the supposed leader of this team. You just lost by forty. Be gracious in your defeat. Don't don't say you beat yourselves. I remember hearing a scout say a couple of years ago when evaluating quarterbacks before the draft, he was evaluating quarterback leadership. And he said, what you want to hear from a quarterback is when you win, the quarterback talks about we won. And when you lose, the quarterback talks about I lost. Where he props up the teammates after a win and takes the blame himself after a loss. And what you're hearing here is the exact opposite. We turned the ball over. We could have played better. You know it. It, you were awful, Jameis Winston. You were completely outplayed by Marcus Mariota. I think that's a great point. I'm going to take um, a slightly different angle on that because I think he did. I think he's learning. I think he's growing. He was. You say uh, he needed to be stand up. I, I forget what you said there, but you know, after the game, there was a lot of Florida State people that didn't shake hands. Jameis Winston did. And there was points in the game where you saw him arguing with Jimbo Fisher. They're both, I, I'm sure he's just amped. He's, he's excited and, and it's football. He, that's not surprising. But 
a, a minute or so later, he's got his arm around one of the coaches. They calmed him down. He was going up to every single player on the offensive side of the ball and encouraging them after his all poor play. And yeah, I agree. Those words were crazy. I don't. I think he gets vilified, and I do. And I'm rightfully I'm, so. Is it rightfully so? Now, I understand the. Or he stole some crab legs. I get it. College <laughs> kid. Maybe he was. I don't know what happened there. I'm not defending that. You know that. But the thing with the the sexual allegations, I don't know. It's so easy for for anybody to make a claim against an athlete. And I got to talk careful because we got a Pittsburgh Steeler fan in the room, you know, and he's ready to jump on me if I <laughs> mention anything about Ben Roethlisberger. But it is very easy for somebody to just make claims against an athlete, and the athlete is automatically put in the on the defense. I don't know what happened there. Maybe Jameson knows. The girl knows. I don't know if something happened, but I know this: it was there was never any charges brought, so. Where people are automatically on this guy's case, and I thought last night he did pretty good. The, the comments after the game, I thought, well, you know, they were kind of on a Geno game, Smith level. Yeah, the game could have gone either way, and I'm like, well, no. I don't know about all that, but I thought he he did handle himself fairly well. Yeah, and with that interview too, I I often think that when when at what point does what he is saying come in the conversation? You know, if this is a conversation with a reporter where, you know, at the beginning he's saying, yeah, I, I turned the ball over, but then he goes on to say, you know, we as a team could have improved. If that clip comes just from that end of that report, that has to happen sometimes, you know. And um, with the with the sexual allegations and stuff like that, and, um, you know, you used the example of Ben Roethlisberger. I you, didn't. Yeah. I avoided it. Yeah. <laughs> um <laughs> But how about what the Oregon players were doing? You know, chanting at the end of the at the end of the game as they're shaking hands and stuff. No means no. That was classless. You know, that, absolutely classless. Yeah. If if anything, you know, that's that's way worse than you know. An or- Oregon coach came out said they're going to take care of that. Those those young men will be disciplined. That's I don't good. know in what regards. I don't think they should be suspended for the championship game. But you know, they'll have some pay sort for of discipline. Practice. They'll have to turn in their PlayStation 4s for a week. <laughs> let's take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about the, let's talk about the Buffalo Bills. You're listening to Benson and Those Guys, brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions. McAfee's Remodeling is a full-service home remodeling company, locally owned and operated for nearly two decades. McAfee's team of professionals can help remodel or replace your windows for interior and exterior remodels. No one beats their personal and professional service. Call McAfee's Remodeling at 585-402-1070, 585-402-1070, or visit them at www.mcafeeremodeling.com. The American dream is of a better future. 
a confident retirement. Those dreams have taken a beating lately. As an Ameriprise financial advisor, Nathan R. Wegman is dedicated to helping you keep your dreams alive by listening, planning, working with you one-on-one so you can retire your way with confidence. Call Nathan R. Wegman, financial advisor today at 585-272-0080. Office is located at 2024 West Henrietta Road, Building 3E, Rochester, New York, 14623. Ameriprise Financial Services, Incorporated, member FINRA and SIPC. Ameriprise Financial cannot guarantee future financial results. to Nets and Those Guys. Our show is brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions. We are not necessarily a news program. Rather, we comment on sports news, sometimes try to add some spiritual perspectives and highlight faith-based stories and athletes. We try not to focus on our favorite teams, but let's face it, talking about the New York Yankees drives ratings. Like it or not, people want to hear about, talk about the New York Yankees. Not the Pirates. Only New York Yankees actually believe that statement. And since we outnumber this room, we do. But like I said, like it or not, the people want to talk about the love them, hate them. People want to talk about the Yankees. But we try not to just be a Yankees show. Zach is one of those guys who really likes to dig into sports stories and comes up with some of the most useless information. And if, by the way, if anyone though is looking for someone who'd make a terrific reporter, I think Zach's your man. <laughs> and you can buy him from us. We have a price in mind. <laughs> It's not very high. Getting him, though, to talk about anything other than his Buffalo Bills during the non-baseball season is a chore. Zach has two seasons. He's got Yankee (laughs) season and he's got Bills season. I'm always having to remind him when he suggests topics for the show that we're we're not a Buffalo Bills show. But that said, there is nobody I can think of who's better positioned to talk about what's going on at One Bills Drive than Zach is. So you guys can feel free to interject. But, Zach, I want to ask you about the Buffalo Bills. What in the world happened with Doug Marone, and and why did he opt out? I mean, it seems like the team is ready to turn a corner at 9-7. and I thought they had a good year. By all accounts, his biggest issue was that he was insecure. Uh, There's multiple reports that he was very thin-skinned as far as what the media said about him, and that he did read and listen to what the media said about him. Uh... Syracuse reporter Brent Axe told a story this week about being confronted by Doug Marone about a story he wrote about Marone after Marone had left to go to the Bills. Marone tracked him down to confront him about a story that he wrote, and he, he reads what's written about him, and he, he, it really offended him. Uh, his biggest insecurity, apparently, was that he wasn't sure that new ownership would keep him around. Um, the opt-out clause that he exercised was only there because the team was sold. If the team was never sold, that opt-out became void. It would never have been used. Um, he apparently thought new ownership was going to maybe hang him out to dry or whatever, so he, he exercised the opt-out and he said, basically, prove that you want me here by giving me a new deal, giving my assistants new deals. The team said thanks, but no thanks, and he's now a free agent. Man, if he's thin-skinned and he has a trouble with the media in buffalo the rumors have him linked to the jets good luck good night that could be worse than the rex ryan era it was also widely reported that marone and uh, gm doug whaley did not get along what does this mean for whaley does marone's departure signal some sort of power struggle win for him uh whaley yeah he appears to be safe um 
generally when you're doing a front office overhaul like this, you hire the GM first and you let him pick the coach. And the fact that he's still around and he's going to these meetings um, is a good sign for him. Uh, I think he's done a very good job. Um, he's had a few misses, but generally his moves have panned out pretty well. I think of the Jerry Hughes trade especially. Um, and uh, apparently the Pagulas agree enough to give him at least another year. Is there something going on there with the new ownership that maybe we don't know about? I mean, does the inside of the refrigerator stink <laughs> in some way? For instance, why why did Bill Polian walk away? Isn't he sort of a hero in these parts? He is. Um, to me, there were two reasons for that. Number one is he has a really cushy ESPN job that he really likes. It's very low pressure. Um, generally, we've seen guys like Gruden and Cower even don't want to leave jobs like that. Um, also the fact that people around him are saying he's concerned that if he came back into the NFL game, um, in a position that was less than a sure thing and it didn't pan out, that it would hurt his chances of being elected into the Hall of Fame as a front office person, uh, and he's concerned about that. I think that, uh, there's a, to answer your question about is there something going on with the Pagulas, you know, that, that we're not aware of. I, I just think that, you know, Doug Marone was wanting a pay raise for mediocrity, you know, and, and the Pagulas are saying, yeah, you had a nice season this season, but we're not going to pay you just yet. We want to make sure that, you know, you're, you show up and you make some major improvements before we give you that pay raise. Yeah, I agree. It, okay. In Buffalo, nine and seven. I mean, we should be throwing a, a parade. But in the grand scheme of things, in the NFL, nine and seven is not that good. You still missed the playoffs. And you want a pay raise? You didn't really do that great a job, man. Your defense carried you. Your offense was terrible. You just lost your starting quarterback. Not that that's a big deal. But, I mean, you didn't do that great. I don't know if he was in a position to ask for a pay raise. And, I mean, the Pagulas are, they seem, they seem to be doing things completely different than they did with the Sabres. When he came in, he's like, well, Lindy Ruff is my guy, blah, blah, blah. Now he's coming in, he's just letting Marone walk, and I'm fine with that because I don't think he's that good anyway. I can see both sides of that. I mean, 9-7, and seven and you didn't make the playoffs, and this is a bottom-line league. Yeah. You need to make the playoffs, you need to win. Now, you're, you're talking about Buffalo, though. 9-7 and seven was a solid step forward, and this was my argument when they uh, picked Kyle Orton over E.J. Manuel. You're not going to the Super Bowl with Kyle Orton, so why don't you let the guy grow, let the guy learn, and be satisfied with a step forward. And 9-7 and seven was certainly that. But I want to ask you this, Zach. Bills fans love Frank Reich. He's scheduled for an interview with Buffalo. It's reported that he's also meeting with the Jets. Is he a good fit for either of those teams, especially the Bills? Honestly, it's hard to tell. Um, personally, as a Bills fan, I love the guy. He's a legend here. Um but the, the first thing you think of when you think of Frank Reich is the greatest comeback in history. You don't think about him as a coach because he's only been, been a quarterback's coach for a few years and he's had one year as an offensive coordinator. That's it. I'm As much as I like him and as much as he did good things in San Diego, I just don't know that he has the resume yet to be the guy that is running your franchise. Are you worried about losing him to the Jets, though? Uh it would be a double-edged sword. I'd hate to see him go there because I loathe the Jets and I really like Frank Reich. But at the same time, I'm I'm just concerned that he would be another coordinator that 
the Bills hire a Mike Malarkey type who just can't quite get the job done because we hired him before he had all the credentials. I I don't know about him. I, I think the Bills need someone, a bigger name, a, someone that will walk into the, the that front office, that head coaching position, and demand respect right away. I, the Bills need somebody that's going to change the culture of losing. They need a they need a John Harbaugh. They need somebody. There, did I say John Harbaugh? You did. I meant Jim Harbaugh. He's taken. But still, they need Either some. One. They need somebody to change the culture because there is a massive culture of losing there. And I well, hate, it seems like Marone did that, though. No, but th- that's this is a typical year number two. In this three-year cycle that the Bills always have, year two is always better than year one, and you think, okay, year three is going to be it. These guys are figuring it out, and they always take a step back, and that's what's worrying me right now. You don't have a head coach. You need somebody to get these young guys and change their mentality of losing. I don't think you've ever had that second year where you're 9-7 and seven with one of the top defenses in the NFL. You've never been this close to being that good. I, I mean, personally, I'd like to see Frank Reich. I like I, you know, the player, I liked him as a player. Uh, he did a good job, I thought, in San Diego. He's an outspoken believer in Christ. I, I always like to see the guys playing for God's team do well, you know, so I, I want to see the guy. But, um, you know, I guess I see your point if he doesn't have the resume yet. But who else might the Bills consider? Uh, well, they already have interviews scheduled with uh, the Broncos' offensive coordinator, Ed, uh, coordinator Adam Gase. Isn't he interviewed for like, or got interviews scheduled for every open position? I mean, he's <laughs> a hot guy out there. He was right offered now. the Browns' job last year, and he turned it down. He's the NFL hottie. <laughs> uh, they're they're going to be interviewing him. Um, they've looked at their own defensive coordinator, Jim Schwartz. Um, which I, I personally, I'd rather see an offensive coach. I think the defensive side of the ball is pretty set. Seems like Schwartz did a good job just worrying about defense because he didn't yeah. excel necessarily in Detroit as a head coach. So and maybe there are well, other instances. Here's, here's how bad the Bills' offense was. Isn't Marone considered to be an offensive head coach, an that's, offensive guy? That's what we were sold on when he was brought here, and then they took a massive step they backwards. Were awful. Okay, and he pretty much. I'm pretty sure he just gave full control to Schwartz and the defense and said, "Do your thing," and Patton the same way a year ago, and that worked out. So all he really had to focus on was getting that offense moving, and they were awful. Like they they need an offensive genius to get this offensive train moving. That was that was really the biggest disappointment of the Doug Marone era was that he was a former offensive line coach, and he was supposed to strengthen that aspect of the team, and instead it regressed really terribly. And Any other names we should know about that's out there that might be in play for Buffalo? Uh, yeah, the Bills actually have a lot of interview requests out. Um, for a lot of the teams that have a first-round bye, they have to get the interviews in now. Uh, both Seattle coordinators, the offensive coordinator and the defensive coordinator, they're going to interview. Uh, they've asked for permission to talk to Josh McDaniels from the Patriots. I don't know that that will happen. Um, what about the name Rex Ryan has been mentioned? He oh. seems like a terrible fit uh, when yeah. you already have He's a defensive coordinator. Have like you know what, though? His first couple years in... In New York, he did turn that thing around. I, I I don't know if I would hate that. I might be in the minority here, but well, the only thing that would worry me about that is he didn't have a quarterback. That's that's been the big thing for Rex Ryan. He's never had a quarterback, and he don't have one in Buffalo. No, a couple guys I could see that haven't been mentioned yet: Mike Smith, who got fired from the Falcons. He had a brutal year, but he didn't have anybody on defense to work with, and he was twenty games over five hundred there. He coached Julio Jones, who was a similar player to Sammy Watkins. He could probably. Get the most out of Sammy Watkins. 
Uh, the Colts offensive coordinator, Pep Hamilton, and the Bengals offensive coordinator, Hugh Jackson, who does have head coaching experience. Hugh Jackman? What? Jackson. Oh, Wolverine would make it excellent. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> I want Wolverine as my head he, coach. He could fix that offensive line in a hurry. <laughs> the NFL's wild card weekend is coming up. Wild card matchups. Uh, what team needs a win the most? Steelers. Hey, well, as, here, as the Steeler fan said, but both the Ravens and Steelers, they've won a bunch. They're typically competitive. If either team lost, it's not going to be all that devastating. and Not to the same degree, but the Colts are kind of in that same spot. But the Panthers, the Panthers are sort of the mockery of this year's playoffs. Cam Newton has been outstanding. He's absolutely defined leadership, but the team is sub-500, needs a win to be taken seriously. Nobody takes him seriously. I get that. They're an NFL team, and I get that probably nobody really wants to play them, and that they're carrying the banner for their division. I think that team needs a win. The Cardinals are starting a third-string quarterback. They get a pass. They they get a pass. If they lose, nobody's upset. It's like, well, they didn't have a chance anyway. But the Cincinnati Bengals are another team that I think. Yes. They don't they win. need a win? They Andy were, Dalton needs a win. Yeah, that's it. It's a make-or-break for Andy Dalton right now. That's, what, that's what I was going to say as well. They just gave him that huge deal. Gave them big money. They've been competitive. They've been going to the playoffs. They come away empty every time. And you know, you know me. I like to root for the gingers. If you're redheaded, you know I'm, I'm going for it. And I, I want to see them do well. So uh, this is a little sidebar, but talking about redheads, it, uh, I was watching it with my family. We were laughing on Sunday Night Football every time they would go to show a graphic of Andy Dalton. They clearly added brown to his hair to try to lighten up some of the red, and then they show him like walking on the on the uh, sideline, and it's no longer red when when you don't have that. It's orange. It is blazing orange. He's a beauty. You're saying the NFL hates redheads? That's what... Yes. That's what I'm saying. I just lost my soul. They just stole my soul because I said that. They're probably not a team you would think of as a team that, that really needs a win uh, for their franchise, but the Denver Broncos, because I mean, Peyton Manning has not looked like Peyton Manning. He can't throw a spiral to save his life. They... Suddenly, their passing game is struggling. They're having to rely on the running game. Uh, C.J. Anderson's been a stud, but their defense has not been as advertised. I, if I'm the Broncos, aren't you a little bit worried? Well, that was a beautiful segment. You were well-spoken. Great points. But I started out this thing by saying this is wild card weekend. We're talking about the wild card matchups. <laughs> but I, I couldn't interrupt you because you were going so well. It was, it was good. Well, it's, yeah, well thought out. Yeah, well spoken, great points. But not the Broncos. But what about the Lions? Uh, the Lions, do they need a win? If, if they lost, nobody's going to be surprised, right? People aren't jumping off bridges. or you know, They're kind of expecting it. But you know who I think out of all the teams really needs to get a win? The Dallas Cowboys. Their fan base, their owners expect a Super Bowl title every season. Coach Jason Garrett's been on and off the hot seat. They're finally back in the playoffs. And to be knocked off in their very first game out of the shoot might lead to, I mean, widespread panic and looting in Dallas, wouldn't it? Hey, what if, what if this? What if Tony Romo goes back to the old Tony Romo? He's getting all kind of, oh, he should be MVP, getting, having a great season. And I'm not taking anything. Great season. But what if, what if this game, late in the game, fourth quarter, close game, he throws a pick six, 
goes back the other way and they <laughs> lose a game. Let's let's be honest. Aren't we all just expecting Tony Romo at some point to come back to earth? I don't, I don't yeah. think anymore that they are. But if that happened, Cowboy fans are going to be trampling each other to get <laughs> off this bandwagon. <laughs> If if that happens next week's episode, Darren's going to be talking about how Tony Romo is going to be playing quarterbacks for the uh, Buffalo Bills. Hey, I would take Tony Romo in Buffalo. What about Jay Cutler? I would definitely take Jay Cutler. Tony Romo doesn't have a mustache. We know how you like mustaches. <laughs> you you know how I would anybody in Buffalo. We're up against a break. Benson and those guys brought to you by Town and Country Pest Solutions. When we come back, we got Mike from Avon on the phone. McAfee's Remodeling is a full-service home remodeling company, locally owned and operated for nearly two decades. McAfee's team of professionals can help remodel or replace your windows for interior and exterior remodels. No one beats their personal and professional service. Call McAfee's Remodeling at 585-402-1070, 585-402-1070, or visit them at www.mcafeeremodeling.com. The American dream is of a better future. A confident retirement. Those dreams have taken a beating lately. As an Ameriprise financial advisor, Nathan R. Wegman is dedicated to helping you keep your dreams alive by listening, planning, working with you one-on-one so you can retire your way with confidence. Call Nathan R. Wegman, financial advisor today at 585-272-0080. Office is located at 2024 West Henrietta Road, Building 3E, Rochester, New York, 14623. Ameriprise Financial Services. Incorporated member FINRA and SIPC. Ameriprise Financial cannot guarantee future financial results. Benson and those guys is brought to you by County Country Pest Solutions. Joining me now on the phone is my good friend Mike from Avon. Mike is uh, not only a good friend, but he is one of the biggest Michigan honks I've ever known. And is is the absolute best sports mind I've ever met. Mike knows every minute statistic about who knows what. But Mike, being a Michigan fan, I wanted to get him on. And Mike, thanks for joining me. I want to ask you, what do you, as a Michigan fan, think of the Jim Harbaugh hire? Uh, he's coming home. Uh, it, it's been destiny for a long time since he guaranteed a victory over that state down south school. And he delivered when he was a senior for Bo, and it's been predestined since that day. Do you worry at all that at some point he's eventually going to leave because the the lure of winning a Super Bowl is just too attractive? I don't, and I I think you look at his brother, and people that said to me, oh, you know, his brother's got one, he's, he's going to want one himself. But, you know, the pro game is so tenuous. You can win it one year and be fired two years later. Whereas, think about the lasting legacy. If he can bring Michigan back to where they belong, he, I mean, he's already a god in the state. And if he can bring them back to where they're stomping those hillbillies down south, um, you know, he'll he'll just be a god in the state, and there's no reason to leave. What about recruiting? Is it going to be different in the NFL? You don't. I mean, you just got to worry about your your X's and O's, and you don't have to sit in front of some kid's parents and recruit. What kind of recruiter is Harbaugh? Well, look, I mean, you look what he did at San Diego, which had no football history. Gave them two 11-1 seasons in a row at San Diego. I mean, you could have been a tailback at San Diego before he got there. 
and then, you know, going to Stanford and you can't have a more academic school and he made them relevant um, as a smash mouth, run it down your throat, you know, and tough defense at, at an incredibly high, you know, academic institution. And I'm the only person that thinks so in the world, but obviously Michigan's a better school than Stanford. So he's already dealt with the academic part of recruiting and he showed you can win. Um, so I, you know, I, I, the thing I worry about is his, his kids. If you saw the press conferences and stuff, he's got little ones. He's 51 years old, but you know, he goes from a 25 year old son down to a two year old, you know, and the recruiting is the thing that takes you on the road and you're never around. So that's my only concern is, but obviously he married a coach's wife and she's dealt with it already. And, that's my biggest concern. How are you handling the last couple of days? Both Notre Dame and Ohio State is one. How are you handling that? Well, I just praying for plain mechanical problems <laughs> for them. Uh, but no, you know what? I'm there. We go. This is this is why I haven't taken your call before because you are the most hideous human being I know. The best sports mind I know, but the most hideous well, human I, I'll being. I'll be going to confession tomorrow because whenever Ohio State and Notre Dame win in the same week, I have to go to confession on that weekend. So I'm I'm a bad person, but uh, you know that. So hey, um, as long as long as you're on the phone, let me ask you about Ndama Kinsu. When he did he do it on purpose? No. If he did it on purpose, he would have broke his leg. Classic, classic Michiganite answer. You Come are. F- he could have snapped his leg in two. You've done it before. You step him back. You step on something. Ooh, you take that quick step. If he wanted to, he would have ground it in half. You know. Come on, Darren Rogers. He deserved to get stomped a little bit. So then you think seventy-five thousand dollars has got to be a bit steep of a fine? Yeah, you know, it's the cost for operating procedures. That's fine. But, you know, I don't think, and, and uh, to be totally serious, you can't litigate his past reputation for one action. Um, you know, I mean, yeah, he's been a jerk, but we want him to be a jerk. You know, the Lions have been irrelevant for 40 years. Uh, and I know you and I spoke, but I'd rather be known as the new Raiders and have people afraid to come across the middle or to, you know, cut back because they might get their head taken off because no reputation in football is worse than a bad reputation. I agree with you. I, you know, on that, I, I I think suspending him would have been unfair. Um, I think so too. You know, the, the, the Lions have their hands full going down to Dallas as it is. Going down without him, that's a completely different thing. Yeah, it does because they, they're going to want to run the ball. Um I just, you know, hopefully he can hurt Tony Romo, you know, to some extent. That's all I'm really looking for. What are the the Lions' chances this weekend? The offense has been hideous lately. Um, You know, Stafford is throwing its sidearm again. Reggie Bush isn't 100%. You know, they've beaten Dallas a bunch in the last couple of years. But, um, you know, the Lions should only win by about 40, I think. All right. Mike from Avon, thanks for the call. So the big question is, did he step on Aaron Rodgers on purpose? Not the first time, but every time after that he did. See, I, I kind of agree with you. I disagree with Mike. I think that while he may not have set out to step on him, I think he, once he realized he was on Aaron Rodgers, he sort of took advantage of the situation and gave him a little extra mustard. But here's a dilemma for the NFL. How, 
if you can't prove that, how do you, how are you going to suspend him for what you think happened? We see it all the time. Though. We see guys with a bit of a past get harsher punishments, and I think he should have been punished for this. Well, $70,000 is punished, but I think it would have been unfair to suspend him against this game against the Cowboys. Listen, the Lions got their hands full going into Dallas as it is. They got little to no shot without him. And, and I think you can't prove that he did that. I think he did. You know, other people think he didn't. But you can't suspend him for that. You gotta know. You gotta have some sort of evidence. You gotta have some sort of proof to be able to say, okay, you can't play in a game this important to a whole fan base of people. There's, there's no way he didn't do it on purpose, man. I, I think I agree with you, but again, you can't suspend him for that. Hey, hey guys, guys, let's take a second. The poor fella had numb feet. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Cold yeah. and numb yeah, feet. And, man, and, what a, what an excuse to offer up there. And OJ didn't You must think either. I'm pretty stupid. <laughs> I, I, uh, I agree with you. You really can't suspend it. You don't know his intentions. But just to play devil's advocate, do you ever really 100% know anybody's intentions when you suspend them for anything? Nobody ever comes out and admits, yeah, I meant to hit him in the knees, or yeah, I meant to knock the quarterback out of the game. No, but there's some evidence. There's something that you can cling to. If you lift your leg up and come down with extra effort, you know, maybe you can cling to that. If, if you see him do a low block intentionally, you can cling to that. But in this case, he was just backing up. He never gestured. He never looked back, which there's nothing there that you say, oh yeah, that makes it obvious that he did it on purpose. See, see to me, you know, I, I tend to agree. The first one was unintentional. The second one, I, I tend to go with intentional for the reason that when he gets up on the leg the second time, he lifts his other leg up off of the ground. So he is, you know, all of his weight is on that one foot. That doesn't happen when you're just standing normally on the ground. You Plus, don't do that. Wasn't he voted like the dirtiest player in the NFL or something like that? He, he is not innocent in this. I would, I would bet a lot of money on it. And if you want to nip, if you want to get this crap, out of him, these these stupid moves on him. Suspend him for this playoff game, man. It would, I guarantee you that that would fix the crap that he. Well, here's pulls. A, here's another thing you can't do in the NFL is treat him as a repeat offender. There's a new formula that after week 16 of this year, he's no longer a repeat offender. His last violation was week one of two thir- of 2013 when he was fined a hundred thousand dollars for an illegal chop block. Now, according to the NFL rules, a player who goes 32 games, including a maximum of two preseason games without a violation, is removed from the repeat offenders list. So you gotta treat this like a first time incident. Now, we know the baggage. This is the, this is the importance of having a good reputation. This is why it's so important to have a good reputation. We all know his, he's a dirty player. He's got more fines, uh, He's been fined over $200,000 by the NFL. 38 penalties are second most by a defensive lineman since 2010. He's He's got one previous suspension for two games back in 2000. But none of that can be considered because he's not a repeat offender in this case. But we all know about it. And we all, just like Jameis Winston, we don't give him the benefit of the doubt. We don't know what happened with that girl. But we don't give them the benefit of the doubt because of the baggage and the reputation it happens. As believers in Christ, 
This is a great example of why it's so important for us to watch everything we do because those who don't believe in Christ are looking at us and saying, well, if they can do that, I can do that. Uh, 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, uh, all things have become new. Christ changes us. Jesus Christ changes those who come to him by faith, and people notice those changes. And if there is no change, they don't notice it. It's so important that we protect our testimony every all the time. And I know we get caught up in emotions. I know we get caught up in things. But it's so easy for people to dismiss. And I think the number one thing you hear when people say they don't want to go to church or you invite somebody, oh, I don't want to go there, what do you hear? Hypocrites, right? Mm-hmm. That's what they say, hypocrites. Because they don't see us living what it is we're saying. They don't see us all week long living the same way we do on Sunday morning. And when we come and, and we got the baggage, we got... Just like in this case, we come with baggage that they've seen us do, that they, and then we try to tell them about Christ, and they're like, it doesn't make sense. Well, and Damakon Sue's trying to say, oh, my feet were numb, I, they, they were cold, I, I didn't know what I was doing. And we look at the baggage and we say, it just doesn't add up. That's just it. I mean, we're, you know, you use the example of Christians, you know, we're, we're the example. People hear about us being a Christian. They expect us. We have those higher expectations placed on us to live a certain way. Just like Nadamakasu, we expect him to at least start to change his ways from how he was in the past. And when he does things like this, it, it just doesn't, it doesn't sit well with us because we want to see that change and we just see him being the, the, you know, same old, same old. And, you know, we're not perfect people. We're going to make mistakes. A lot of times it's how we respond to those mistakes that build up, you know, our, our credibility to people that uh, view us, who hold the, us to those higher expectations. And I, I think one of the things is we, we look at that and we see, boy, it does look intentional. And then rather than him saying, you know, fess up to it, say, I'm sorry, you know, I, I really, I know that that hurt Aaron Rodgers and I, you know, I'm, it wasn't intentional. I, my feet were numb. I didn't feel it. I thought it was a piece of the ground, whatever, you know, but offer some sort of apology. He's saying my feet were numb. We don't, we're not buying that. And I, I, I just, you know, I, I don't, I don't know with, with him. Uh, it, it's just not sitting well with me. I, I can't see it. And that's, that's my point. That's why it's so important. You can't see it. It doesn't sit well with you. Just like the person who doesn't believe in Christ. You try to tell them, you, you, you want to tell them how Christ died for their sins on the cross, how he wants to forgive them, and then they look at how you live the rest of your life and you say, it just doesn't sit well with me. That's right. The importance of a good reputation. Benson and Those Guys is brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions. We'll be back after the break. McAfee's Remodeling is a full-service home remodeling company, locally owned and operated for nearly two decades. McAfee's team of professionals can help remodel or replace your windows for interior and exterior remodels. No one beats their personal and professional service. Call McAfee's Remodeling at 585-402-1070, 585-402-1070, or visit them at www.mcafeeremodeling.com. 
The American dream is of a better future, a confident retirement. Those dreams have taken a beating lately. As an Ameriprise financial advisor, Nathan R. Wegman is dedicated to helping you keep your dreams alive by listening, planning, working with you one-on-one so you can retire your way with confidence. Call Nathan R. Wegman, financial advisor today at 585-272-0080. Office is located at 2024 West Henrietta Road, Building 3E, Rochester, New York, 14623. Ameriprise Financial Services, Incorporated, member FINRA and SIPC. Ameriprise Financial cannot guarantee future financial results. Welcome back to Bets on Those Guys, brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions. I'm told by one of those guys that this is everybody's favorite part of the show, but I think we just do it because we're contractually obligated. So here's Darren with his unreasonable rant. There aren't enough college bowl games, said no one ever. Is there really a need to show a bunch of non-top-10 teams battle it out in a meaningless game? We have the Heart of Dallas Bowl, the Advocare V100 Texas Bowl, the Pinstripe Bowl, or my personal favorite, the Idaho Potato Bowl. And did you know that we sent football powerhouse programs in the Western Kentucky Hilltoppers and the Central Michigan Chippewas to the Bahamas for a game? The Bahamas. Shouldn't good teams get to do that? Jameis Winston would be far less depressed today if he woke up in Nassau. I've been there. It's an awesome place. Plus, crabs literally walk around on the beach with you. He wouldn't have to steal them. But I digress. Back to the issue of an oversaturated bowl season. No one but Danica Patrick cares about the Go Daddy Bowl. It should be a privilege to play in a bowl game. So I'm sorry, Toledo Rockets fan, but your team barely deserves to play in Division Two, let alone a bowl game on my television. Bets on those guys is brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions, and as such, we like to do our Pest of the Week each week, go around the room, somebody that uh, we just decided is a pest. And my Pest of the Week is Jim Rome for his tweet, getting on the case of marching bands. He said, is there anyone not in a marching band who thinks those dorks running around with their instruments are cool? (laughs) Jim Rome, you know, I like his show. I don't like his callers, but I like his show. I think he's one of the great interviewers of all time. By the way, he has apologized since. Jim Rome is my Pest of the Week. My Pest of the Week is uh, Buffalo Bills ex-head coach Doug Marone uh, for basically bailing on his team. I mean, he, he preaches to the players, you know, that we're a team, we're a family, unity, how it's important on the team. And, and basically he just takes the extra $4 million, pockets it, and tells his team good luck next year. Yeah, I'm fine with it. Leaving. My pass of the week is Carmelo Anthony. He somehow hurt again last night and didn't play in last night's game. It just seems to be hurt a lot these days, and it's coinciding with the Knicks being the worst I think they've ever been. So I'm starting to think he's a quitter who doesn't play defense. So he's my pest of the week. Mine is the Pittsburgh Steelers. Number one, for attempting a fake punt on fourth down when they had the lead in the fourth quarter. But secondly, for the worst fake punt of all time that was subsequently intercepted. My pest of the week, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Benson and those guys is brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions. I want to thank you for joining us this week. We remind you that 
starting next Saturday, January 10th, 9 a.m. You can hear us on 105.5 The Team, which is also available 1310 and 1590. You're listening to Benson and those guys. Talk to you next week.